Hello, people. Quick announcement before today's episode. I am doing a free dating advice show on my YouTube channel this Sunday night. It is August 30th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All you got to do is subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jared Freed. That's youtube.com slash Jared Freed. You can tune in. I'll be giving dating advice live to you. If you want to be a part of the show, you can send in your email ahead of time. Send it to jtrainpodcast.gma.com. Title it Vent Sesh. That's the name of the show. Vent Sesh. Again, Vent Sesh. It's going to be Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on my YouTube channel. You can either tune in or you can send your question to see if you want to be a part of the show. Also, during the show, you might get a little courage in you and you might have a question that comes up. You can pop onto the show while it's going on. It's going to be a live event. You can video chat with me, ask your dating questions, vent your heart out. This Sunday night, 8 p.m., August 30th, youtube.com slash Jared Freed. YouTube.com slash Jared Freed. It's going to be like a live dating advice show. So get involved. Go subscribe to my channel and send your emails if you do want to be on the show. Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Freed coming to you live from the temporary quarantine cabin in Connecticut. I am here in Connecticut getting a bunch of episodes taped while on the road. Uh, the shows have been a lot of fun. It's great to be here with you. And listen, let me thank you. Every Monday and Thursday, we're here with your emails, your stories, your questions. And I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The emails get better and better every day. I am I'm flush with emails. I got a great one to start with today. And, and they're all here. And the listeners are here because of you. That's how it works. That's how the whole bread is baked. You tell a friend, a coworker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, anyone with ears, they tell someone you were birthed on this show via someone else who came from someone else who came from someone else. That's how it goes. I need you to keep passing it along. Keep telling friends. Make it your Instagram stories. Love that. Join the Patreon. Patreon. We're doing three additional episodes of a po- uh, three additional podcasts a week on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Three additional podcasts. Luxury Lounge on Wednesdays. That's when I complain about a luxury issue. One more email on Fridays. I do one email that didn't make it on the shows. And then Sunday's Coffee with J-Train. That's when I... I call it my sad little diary. It's just a really cleaning out my thoughts from the week. And that one is my favorite to do, probably. That's the one where I feel I'm connecting with people on a... On another level. So if you want to connect with me on a different level, patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Uh, that is it for the announcements. I'm very excited about today's guest. Comedian, a filmmaker, very funny, great guy. Give it up. Dylan Shelton, thank you for coming on, buddy. Oh, Jared, thank you for letting me be here, man. I am uh, 
as equally as exci- excited I am to promote my movie, I'm excited to be on this show because I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm such a low like low key hardcore fan of yours. Like oh, I pro- dude, I, I've probably brought over two thousand people to you, no doubt. I, I dropped, uh, so I'm like, my nuts uh, are feathered. I, I feel this. this uh, yeah, and I don't mean to be doing it, but it's just like I mean from apple picking. To Man on the Street, SantaCon, AVN, um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, I remember starting with you or like early on at the Times Square open mic. Yeah. Where we, where we paid five dollars and we got a bottle of water in five minutes. Bottle uh, of water, five minutes. And every every Friday we had to be there by 445. And you I, could I, that. So to let people, you know, behind the comedy curtain. Uh, Dylan and I, we would do open mics together in New York City, and every open mic had its own thing. Everyone was just trying to get on stage, and you know, five dollars to get on stage is kind of cheap therapy. You you get to go up and you do your five minutes, and every mic was its own nation, like it was its own thing with its Absolutely. own government, and and. It's funny because you bring up the Times Square Art Center. That used to be a haunted house, or it became a haunted house. It was a comedy club that turned oh, into a haunted house. But I remember loving that open mic because it was the end of the week. It was the Friday at five o'clock. You'd kind of see, you'd see, like I would see you. I'd see like Greg Stone, Anthony DeVito. Like I'd see like different yep. characters that I would exactly. see. At other open mics, but then also there'd be this like five o'clock Friday, I'm getting out of work group that would go to that open mic. It would be very <laughs> much like like the guy in a yes. suit yeah. who yeah. saw it on Google or like and 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 the beauty of the mic in and what in New York City, you you could probably agree with me. It's just when you do these open mics, it's hard to find mics that are feel like a show. Well, yeah, that, I, I would, that's what I would say is that all those people coming from work, all the hobbyists, yes, would then provide an audience for those who were actually working. And so this that's is exactly what I how I yeah, thought about it. Yeah, so I would always look for mics where, like, if you could do a mixed music mic, where you would have Absolutely. musicians there, because you could just like Park Slope had one that like Giannis Papas was real big at the, all mm-hmm. the time, and you could it, that was like a lottery, but there would be tons of musicians there, so you'd. You could it would be like doing better than most book shows. And and, and, and really like, you know, there's people if you're out there wanting to start stand up comedy, like a lot of people when they start, they go, well, I don't want to, you know, that mic had only comics at it. And you go, yeah, but you have to do those in addition to the other open mics that have the mixed people in. So, you you know, like they all matter. They all kind of count. But what I you know, but you have to you have to realize what you're getting out of it. And I remember this Times Square Art Center was kind of like, that was a place I could get like performance out of it and timing out of it. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I watched you. I, I watched you work through apple picking. Cause it was like, a, you know, I was probably like a 12 week chunk where I diligently went there and yeah. you know, it's like that. And you, I, I remember vividly because like, honestly, that's the only set I remember from those mics. Is your uh, app, it, your apple picking from that? You know, like, well, well, I mean, I, like, it, it I was like rough, going, it was rough. I appreciate it. And then I I remember that open mic had an email sign up. So oh, you yes. basically, and again, this goes to like trying to make things work for you. 
I knew that if I emailed right away, I'd be in the top 10. Yep. And then you get the hobbyists as you, you know, the, the after work people. Now you got an audience. You got a full room to do your performed out jokes that you've been working out at the other shitty open mics because you're going to be number one on the list or number five. And you could get the fuck out of there afterwards. Yeah, you could be done by 530. And, and, and Friday night was always that night where like um, early on, like way more pros were out crushing mm-hmm. like the spots. There weren't as many good book shows. So you'd be like, you could get done at Friday. Go hang at some good shows yeah. and be done with your week of open mics. Absolutely. Like, I, 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 it's funny how we were all in the same wavelength with that open mic. Well, we were on a Well, we were on a similar schedule, so it, it makes sense as well. Like we were both totally. ending there, but it was always just like an easy, like, okay, all the shit that I've been insecure about all week because Michelle Wolf, stared through me while I performed at it or somebody that's like, oh, you know, somebody that's like, like I'm going into a mic in the city where a comic that's a great is just like, this guy sucks. I need yeah. that time. I need those hobbyists laughing at I, my, at I my, need you the know, confidence build. Yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely, so, absolutely. So Dylan, you are, where are you living now? Where are you? What's going on currently right now at the moment? I'm in, I'm in my apartment in park slope. Like okay. Brooklyn. And, and you made a movie, which is a, yes fucking unbelievable feat that uh, is and what got you into this have you always wanted to make movies yeah yeah so i wanted from the get i wanted to make movies i was i i was raised by films like my fathers mm-hmm. are heroes from story arcs you know white saviors that everyone hates now but that's basically who raised me you know okay. like uh bruce willis in fifth element chris christian slater in true romance coach taylor jack dawson from lost these are my these are my fatherly figures. And sure. so I've been hardcore movie nerd my whole life. And so I was trying to make movies from my hometown, Columbus, straight out of high school. Like I was doing okay. it, but there was no industry there, no one to collaborate with. I ended up getting sucked into to working for money mm-hmm. um, after after time. And then I dropped right, right before going to law school. I dropped out and started doing comedy because I wanted to storytell. And mm-hmm. I could do that by myself at a mic. Well, that that it is a a and it's why a lot of people get into stand up and do open mics. It's kind of like a cheaper it's form. Al- it's also why a lot of people should quit. But <laughs> why? Because they because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, like well, you're like, I, you know, I mean, if if you get the ability, outlet. the it, well, I would say also like you know the reason I like doing the like I remember when I was doing this podcast starting out. Um, you say the wrong things, whatever, but I at least got the opportunity to hear myself say it on stage a lot of times before I would say it on this podcast. So of course, it kind of, yeah. it, 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 it is helpful. It, uh, transli- it's a transferable skill, you know, it is, it is an amazing skill to learn. Like if you, if you can figure out how to be yourself with friends mm-hmm. on stage, that is a skill that will translate to every career in your life. So I totally, so like there, yeah, there's all, but I'm, but I was just making a comment about like, I got in to comedy, like was, was developing, but then I saw the film industry here in New York after mm-hmm. I moved here. So I was doing like, I did like 500 shows in my first year and a half in the Midwest, mm-hmm. like just hustling. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to go to New York. Cause if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm good at this and this is going to be happening, I need to get punched in the mouth now. You know, sure. like, and I, and so I, so I came here, I worked professionally just as a comic for the first two years. Mm-hmm. I was like middling, but I would set up my own tours 
with up and coming killers so that mm -hmm. I could open for them. Totally. This was my way of getting stage time. So I would like, I was early on like grabbing all the, all, you know, Hannibal, Anthony Jeselnik, Amy Schumer, bringing those people to shows. And then I would create the spot where I would get the feature. And yeah. then I would also get, I would also get a percent of the producer's cut because I put the show together and I could For make sure. a living. I could scrap by with that, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, and so, but over time I found over time, like, and this is what we'll get into relationships. Cause my wife, I moved here with my fiance. Yeah. Um, and as Andy Haynes has a great joke that he says, moving to New York with a fiance is like going to a bar that's giving away free beer and you're coming <laughs> in with a warm beer. Like, <laughs> it's just like, don't, don't move to New York with a fiance like you know, like if you're trying to pr pr pursue a selfish career especially sure. so i i came here and then like my i developed my first hour i was getting ready to do an album and my wife left me like cold and my whole hour was about being happily married so like so i, I so i remember this because when we had met i remember you'd be with your fiance a lot she would even come to the times square mic like yes. Dennis, Dennis would like scream like she's with you. She's with you. Like he would like because I'm a fatty and she was not. And so like, I, I, you know, definitely like it was always like, why is she, you know, like, why I, is she with I, you? But I, I, that, I remember you just being with your fiance all the time or your wife. And then I remember I think we messaged a little while back and you're like and, and you were like, yeah, I'm divorced. And I was like, I was I was a little surprised. Yeah, well, it was a. Uh, it blew me up and then I sort of disappeared a little from comedy because mm -hmm. it was like, it was like 2015, 14 and she left. She like, she went to work one day and never came home. So we're like, Oy, we got, I'm so like, sorry. 16 weeks later told me she's having an affair and that she ended Oy. it wants to get back together. It's a shit storm, but I just like, didn't I, but that whole summer she left me in April that whole summer I was middling for people doing my 30 minute, feature all about being happily married so i'm like uh, like what, i remember what, uh, in, i remember in june i was opening for michael liam black and then started crying as i came off stage and he's just like what is going on i mean I'm, and, and and that's such an emotional like like that story you can understand it because like you're do, you're literally doing an act and then you have to what, come back and deal with reality and that's that's it's got to be incredibly hard well, no, and, and the thing is, is that act was every, every bit of joy in my life. I was taking yeah. everything I was happy about, put it into my favorite thing being on stage. And mm -hmm. now all of that was a lie. And so, and, and so at that point, I would try to like adjust and pivot into new stuff. But, I, but time, time and needs tra tragedy needs time to become comedy. We know For that. Because sure. I immediately went cold and started doing jokes about my present situation. And crowds were mortified. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. getting hugs, not laughs. Yeah, because like, I, 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 I would do stuff like, uh, "My wife hasn't been home for twelve weeks. Does you anybody, anybody have any idea where want to know where she's been?" And people would be like, "Yeah," and be like, "Well, so do I. Do you have a clue?" You know, like sure. and yeah. that. Just like people aren't ready to laugh at that, even if I'm trying to make it work. And they're not sure if you're, oh, and, and they're probably sensing that you're not okay. I'm no, I'm I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> Of emotions i'm like yeah like i'm going home like i'm yeah it was terrible i didn't tell like friends or family that she had left i because i just didn't i didn't know what was going on and so i was did like you, did you get any f i mean obviously you got some finality out of it your divorce but 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> did it, but did it, did it, how did it, you know, when she left, did you get like to talk about it? Was no, there so, ever- so, so literally our divorce happened completely over text. I have, hey. I have it all. I saved. I'll hopefully turn mm-hmm. it into a book someday, like a coffee table mm-hmm. or bathroom book. Just read my, read my divorce. Sure. Uh, but, but that's, the, a great t- uh, that's a great title. Yeah. I mean, but it, I've, I, every time I've gone back to like read through it, I'm just like, not right now. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm like, come back to that. Cause it's really raw stuff because she left, never came back. She ran a bar in the lower East side. She mm-hmm. just started staying with a bartender friend of hers, sure. which is really another guy. And then 16 weeks later reached out, told me I'd already moved out of our apartment, got a sublease. She met mm-hmm. me at the sublease because she wouldn't talk to me. So I was like going on tour and then just like, like um, getting nothing from her. And I wasn't going to go into her bar because it was like a dive bar where the Hells Angels hung out at. And like, I've been to that bar. I, yeah. I think I saw oh, you at that yeah, bar. Yeah. Edge. It's yeah. Edge. Yeah. It's, it's one of my buddies. Like it used to be his like favorite bar. Yeah. So and she we, ran. We'd go hang out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to hang out there too, but it was also like the Hells Angels bar. And she had just this like crew of regulars there. And, and she was, she was, you know, she was always drinking at work and all the guys. So I didn't want to go in there and be like, Hey, why aren't you coming home? Sure. And like, where she's got all her regulars that are in her corner, whatever lie she's been feeding them. So I was, like, so I was like, if she comes back, I'll honor this. Uh, she came back after 16 weeks, apologized, told me she'd been in the affair, canceled it, wanted to get back together. I said I would do it. Okay. Uh, because I was like, I, you know what? I made this commitment. I, I obviously feel all of this pain because I love you. But, mm-hmm. so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this. But you got to know something now. Like when you, met, when you got with me, I was as confident as it gets. You know, like, yeah. like especially for how I look way too confident that's why i bagged her in the first place so you know like and i was like now i have no confidence mm-hmm. so you need to be the stronger one in the relationship like selling me that this is real and then the guy can't exist anymore like yeah he can't, he can't be he can't come to your bar he can't be on social media together like he has to not exist because i'll never be able to to deal with that um so what did those she were my, say to that she said okay she left and i never talked to her again wow yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Ha ha. This is funny. But, no, no, no. But I I, I think it, listen. This this podcast gets into this is the subject of the podcast that we're we're on right now. Precisely. So that's why I'm asking I'm asking these questions because not to like bring up a horrible no, thing I, because I love talking about it. Like it's good. It's healthy for me because I've I've processed this. Like ultimately, like she was working at a bar, developed a drinking problem. I became more disciplinary. So like when she would come home, mm-hmm. I'd be like, let's not drink on your day off. And it would be like, she, you know, it was like, I was always being the one who was trying to be more, if you will, uh, disciplinary or parental in the mm-hmm. way of being more responsible. So coming to me was like less fun. Sure. And then, like, and then she just started to avoid me like her father who had abandoned her. So, you know, like um, this, all, this all makes sense in a, in yeah. a storytelling way. Yeah. So I don't necessarily like I don't have that ill will towards her or anything like that. Like she got she was younger than me. She got into an alcohol problem and then she felt like we couldn't we she felt like she needed to get out and she got out by avoidance. Mm. And, you know, like and that, that's an immature move and like whatever, like all she had to do is be like, I'm done. And I would have been like, OK. That sucks, yeah. and we could have moved on. But it like got. It took us eighteen months to get divorced. wasn't until she was pregnant 
with the other guy's kid that she wanted it. Uh, and so like, she's, you know, and it was just like, you know, messy and ugly as far as, but all over text. I never saw her again. So, so that, that ends. And are, are you inspired to like, so make a movie? Are you well, like, well, well, so as, as while that's happening, I have good friends that work, that make, that make commercials for a living. Mm-hmm. And I've got to get out of my current apartment that she's now abandoned and not supporting at all. I'm living off of comedy mm-hmm. um, as a shitty middle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I've got to get, and I got to get out of my apartment because her sister was crashing at the time. Hey, like, this is, I, this is like, yeah, like just, is- just like, just, and her dog's there. So I'm like, I've got to get out of this place because mm-hmm. she's not coming home because I'm there. So I'm get a sublease. So I need to pay for two apartments in Brooklyn at the same time um, off of that. So I get, I get restaurant work and then my buddy who makes commercials puts me on a truck as a production assistant. Okay. So, and so for that, and for the next three, four months, I work 140 plus hours a week until I can save enough money to, to get my own. I needed to put like 10 K down to get an apartment mm-hmm. um, with, you know, like I had no credit. She it had been a bombed from, uh, fr- from stuff in the past. And I was like, just, you know, I'm a comedian. Like, it, you know, so it was, um, sure. so I had to, I, for me, so I just worked and work was a good distraction. And then because I was making commercials, I realized that you can make a living in New, in New York in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's be- like better than like working in restaurants because I'm passionate about it. Like I don't yeah. like, I, like I, it was a kick in the teeth to be a 30 year old getting coffee for 22, 22 year old ad agency executives that are just full of shit. But like I, but I took that for a few years and then built myself up because I saw I've been producing tours with talent. I knew agents. Like sure. I ended up like I'm like working on a commercial with Hannibal Burris. He's like, "What's up, dude?" You know, like for, he remembers me from shows. Of course, so and, like, and and also like with the, with the production world, you realize that like it again to be on a set is motivating. To I be, love it. Yeah, I feel alive. It's yeah. that same. It's that same feeling of being on stage mm-hmm. and then later when you've ac- finished a project every time that project is complimented you yeah. get that you get that feeling like you killed well you, like, I, I, it, it, I i totally understand that because i i hosted this game show that was on snapchat and okay, okay. i'd never I, I I'd, I'd never really been a part of somebody else's thing you know, like, yeah, and, okay. and, and that was like a cool, and I remember like feeling a lot less pressure, but also feeling more a part of the team. It felt like I was, uh, a, a, like, a, a crew member on the ship, you no, know, you, like, no, no, it's, and, it's, and it's I, a really good feeling. 100%. Cause I played, I played baseball. I played team sports. Mm-hmm. I love the thing about filmmaking is it's collaborative. Mm-hmm. You know, being a stand up. Yeah. Being a stand-up comic, that's like being a pro golfer. Like mm-hmm. you're competing against yourself and there's a field. Yeah. But when you're but when you're making a when you're making a story through narrative content, like and you have all you have to bring together, you know, we probably had we probably employed terribly for this movie over a hundred people, you know, and you're all having to work together pieces and parts. And me and Travis Irvine, the director, are managing all of that stuff. Yeah. You, it becomes a family. Like those people, like, you know, like and you just feel this commitment and now for the rest of my life, I'll have those feelings attached to that project. The same yeah. way I do about my Little League World Series. 
you're so, like so so let's talk about the movie not yeah. too quick because i i think it's great it's called killer raccoons 2, 2. dark christmas in the dark yeah and it's gonna be all over my social media i want you guys to go follow their instagram at killer raccoons 2 on twitter and instagram i'm gonna have a swipe up because everyone listening right now can watch this movie tonight right Correct. It is available for rent or purchase on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, YouTube, etc. On and demand, all over the w- on your cable channels. What I love about this movie is that it is total farce. It is total jokes. It is funny, funny, funny. Because I, please explain the premise of the movie and and oh. and what you were going for because. The what you're go on because yeah, I, yeah. I want it's you to okay. explain it. So there's an the, the director Travis Irvine, who's a brilliant a brilliant funny comedian and uh, journalist, and yes. he he, he uh, coming out of film school, he made a silly movie called Coons Night of the Bandits of the Night, like in 2005 ish. Okay, and and that was a spoof on Jaws, but done with raccoons at a campground. Okay. and and that that movie ended up getting picked up by Troma which is like who picked up uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone, who d- uh, their first movie, and who picked yep. up James, James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy. They did his first movie. So Travis mm-hmm. got into that, and that's been a little cult underground, real low cult underground hit, and he's wanted to make a sequel for years. Okay. So, he, so we decided, or he came to me with the idea about spoofing parodies, or sequels, mm-hmm. par- like spoofing mm-hmm. sequels. So we both have like a emotional history or from the from our childhood with Under Siege Two, and we both think it's one of the worst sequels ever made. Okay. And we had access to a train that we could shoot on, and that that whole movie is essentially Die Hard on a train. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, like but done terribly. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, and it's got terrible CG, terrible acting, so unrealistic, and they they made it for forty million dollars in '95. So we were wow. like, we had forty grand, and I was like, we can probably come close. You know, like just because of how, just because of how bad it is. You know, like yeah. And so we knew it was going to be. We played into everything. We know what it is. We played into how bad it is. But it's like an airplane, a loaded weapon, um, a hot shots type movie, uh, or the, even the scary movies. But yeah. I, but I would even put it above that in my own pride. But like, <laughs> um, but like, but like, air, it's got that airplane style to it where everybody's it, deadpan, serious, and it's it, different. But it, okay, go ahead. But Airplane and the beauty of those movies, Top Gun, Airplane, uh, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Yeah. You know, I, I love those movies because if you go watch them, joke, 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 joke. You're like, I can't believe that yep. they have a thousand jokes in 10 minutes. Like, and, yep. and that's when you compare it to those movies, this is a fun night. You know, sit down, have, you know, smoke some weed, turn on the movie. Go rent it on any platform because there's a million out there, and and you're on everything. Yeah, and I, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It is loaded with jokes. I've seen I it now. I've seen it now like thirty times, and I get more jokes every time I see it, even though I made it. Like it's just there's <laughs> like Travis went nuts wedging everything in there, and it pushes all over the spectrum, and it really just plays in. It really plays into how stereotypical, cliche. Um, you know, uh, uh, misogynistic, patriarchal, all those like, like o- really overtone aggressive things that were going on in the nineties. We mm. really just make fun of all of those Love while, 
while while still being funny and edgy you know like in today you know like in today's society so it's it's totally. a blend of it's a blend of bashing the past and pushing forward with humor in the future and it's all it's all fun and we and across the comedians we've got Nick Turner Nick Vatterot Ron Lynch Ron Jeremy James Adomian uh, Ben Kissel does a the voiceover Corinne Fisher does some voiceover we've got, and, and and Yang Miller's the lead Mitch Rose is the lead bad guy Irv Ross coming off of like Parks and Rec and other network shows. It so you just, got like it, it, these are all like what, what's cool about that a is bunch like of favors. A, a bunch of well a bunch of comics that you're gonna go oh I know them from that or or maybe you're gonna know them from this movie in exactly. their next big thing and that's what, very cool. Well, that's the thing is we wanted to say, lay the ground with all of our comics that we could like get to do for nothing that were available where when we were shooting. We just like you know Travis reached out to you know people and was like. Will you come do this? And all we sh we filmed this in 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. All of those comics careers have tripled in success sure. since but then. But that's the fun. That's the fun part of it. Is like exactly. It's it's so much fun, and I can't wait to watch like watch them grow. Because like James James Adomian's Biden right now is the mm. best political thing humor thing out there right now. If you yeah, yeah, go yeah, find yeah. it, it's it, it's so on point. I, I I like. But but that's what I, I just love watching all these people. Are going to continue to rise, and this movie will be sort of, and you know, encased for them, and, and we got to work with them at that time. You know, it's like, it's a cool little like stamp in time for yeah, everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want everyone to go check out Killer Raccoons Two, Dark Christmas in the Dark. That's what it's called. It's on Amazon, YouTube Play. I'm gonna have the swipe up to get you to all the places. On my Instagram, so at Killer Raccoons 2 on Instagram and Twitter. We are sponsored, people. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Talkspace. Change is constant, and these days there's something new and unprecedented to grapple with every single day. It's a lot. You got to talk it out with someone. Yeah, I, I love what Talkspace is doing it. They are making therapy with a licensed therapist accessible. This is... Right now, you got more time in your hands, and more time means more self-doubt, means more anxiety. I'm going through it, too. We're all kind of there. We're all experiencing more of the lonely thoughts than we did last year. I, I am, so I, I would assume that a lot of you are, too. And Talkspace is online therapy. It's here to give everyone support because we all need it right now. And also, I think a lot of times with getting help in any way, it's... How do I get over the hump of going for help? Uh, I don't want to leave the house. Who do I even go to? I don't have a family doctor. I don't even know who the first person I'm. Who would I even ask for a recommendation? That's why Talkspace is a really good asset. They'll match you with a licensed therapist who you'll be able to reach out to 24-7. That's right. Whenever something's on your mind, you'll hear back five days a week. And there are other benefits to online therapy. It's affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. I can say that with most of the things we promote here on the podcast it's we've eliminated the middleman. We've eliminated something in the process. And you think, well, what could you eliminate with uh, with therapy that you still need a therapist? Well, therapist doesn't have to pay for their office, the rent, the 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 assistant that they have that organizes all their stuff. This, this is really, uh, you know, shortening the process from you to getting help. 
Whenever something's on your mind, you'll hear back five days a week, and there are other benefits. It's affordable. One month on Talkspace costs about the same as a single in-person appointment. And once you're in their network, you'll have access to thousands of therapists. They've experienced treating a range of issues, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, relationships, food, and more. We all need someone to talk to, and Talkspace wants to give us the license support we deserve at a price we can afford. Just for you, my listeners, get $100 off your first month with code JTRAIN. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com. That's Talkspace.com, or download the app and use code JTRAIN to get $100 off your first month. That's JTRAIN and Talkspace.com. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Quip. When is the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? Back when a lolly and a sticker made you made your week? Is that it? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits will actually reward you with more than just a great smile. Quip will give you free products, gift cards, and more just for brushing your teeth. This is amazing. I actually... You know, I've got the new brush. This is very cool. The new Quip Smart Brush tracks how well you brush and gives you points for brushing that you can cash in for real rewards. I will say this. This is this is going to be a long walk to why you should get Quip and this new Smart Brush, but I used to be I, I still am I'm a ner- I used to call I would call myself a nervous flyer. You know what made it easier? The minute I got involved with the whole points game. The minute I attached my credit card to the, you know, to the Delta app, to this this sounds like a, an ad for Delta, but I'm just saying, the minute it became worth more than just getting somewhere, I became less of a nervous flyer cuz I'm going to get those next tw- you know 10,000 miles. And Quip is doing that. And you didn't think you could do it for your for your toothbrush. They've turned a chore into a game. That gets you free stuff. And if you already have a Quip, you can upgrade your current model with a smart motor. It's the same Quip you know and love, sensitive vibrations, two-minute timer, and that slim, sleek design that just classes up the bathroom sink. And now the smart brush uses Bluetooth to track your brushing and reward you for it. It's not just brushes. Quip also has watermelon toothpaste and an eco-friendly solar battery charger so you can charge this puppy with the sun's rays. Plus... Get new brush heads and floss refills for just five bucks, and shipping is free. Join over five million happy customers. Save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash JTrain right now. You'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash JTrain. That's G E T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash J-Train. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding. Dylan, let's do some emails because I, 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 I'm excited to do it with you. And I, I'm happy we got to like take the trip down memory lane. And I'm happy we got to talk about movies and your story because I actually... I remember, I think we messaged a little bit. You were like, my life's crazy. I got my, you know, my wife, all this stuff. And I've chosen a couple emails specific to this. I hope that's okay. Please. I, I okay. almost sent you, I almost sent you like darker, the better. I might have some aggressive takes. So buffer me if I get a little too. I, okay. I've, been, I've, been hurt, I've been hurt a lot. So sure. I, can, I can overreact. Maybe not the way a normal guy would. 
I think you're going to have some. I think it's going to be good perspective. That's what this show's all about. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Ex fiance reengaged to the girl he cheated with. Well, we'll say that again. Ex fiance reengaged to the girl he cheated with. Okay, that's so, what this is so, called. So he Jared, got reengaged. Oh man, okay. let's All say. Right. Let's. I'll read the email. Yeah, yeah, Jared, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for making quarantine great again. I'll get right into it. My ex and I were together for 10 years, engaged for about three. We own a house and have a child together. Things got rocky last year, and he had had an affair with a woman who has the same name as our daughter. That's the kicker. That's interesting. He and I split up, and for months, he continued to message me and tell my family that he would do, quote, unquote, everything in his power to make us work again. I sat back to let the dust dust and emotions settle, and within that time, he and this he and the new girl got engaged. I'm stunned, hurt, feeling inferior and insignificant. What makes it worse is that all of our mutual friends are supporting him, and none have reached out to me to see how I feel about it. And she is going to be the official stepmom to our child, Barf. Aside from avoiding social media. What can I do to get past this and stop spending so much energy on feeling resentment and negative thoughts? I have zero desire to be in her shoes. I don't want to reconcile. I'm just pissed. And frankly, it's a little humiliating with them broadcasting this news everywhere. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah, I feel like I got off easy. Um, no, you know, well. you know like, no, I mean, like, 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 first off, like, fuck this guy, like right off yeah. the bat, like she's, she does not deserve this. Um, first, first piece of advice I could ever say to anybody based off of that, 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 this, that kind of trauma is the best revenge is to live well. Yeah. So, so you've got to figure out how to be happy and distance yourself from this situation in any way, shape or form. Like your love has mm-hmm. to go strictly to your child. Mm-hmm. And you need to be indifferent with them. And you don't need to badmouth them to your child. Like you need to make yeah. sure like you're living a happy life so that your child sees that you're moving forward and not get caught up in this stupid drama reality TV show triangle that you've mm-hmm. been put in. Um, and and, like, and the, the most like I agree with everything you're saying. And, the, you know, the first thing that came out of you that I, I hear when you say fuck him uh I agree with that because, again, what he did and to kind of like, well, it sucks. It's, you know, okay, listen, you're with someone 10 years. You cheat. Okay, fine. That's a mistake. Fine. You guys break up. Then you tell her, then you tell the woman that you you cheated on, I'm going to do everything in in my power to make us work again. Completely. And then, and then. He ends up engaged to the new girl. What he's doing, he's using you to get through his emotional problems. And yeah, no, be- no. Essentially, she's 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 going. It's it's getting a job offer and then going back to where you're at and going, "Hey, I got this offer. Will you match it or raise it?" And I won't leave. You know, it's like yeah. it's like it's like he's relationship negotiating. Sure, you know, and, like, and 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 that's all. And everything you're saying is all in service of him. If a of company, course. if a company did that to you, they would do it to improve their bottom line. It would be He's a fiduciary doing, responsibility. But th- we're sure, talking about right. people's lives. But but, so, but I'm saying, but I that's why I'm saying like like let's let's empathize. Let's just say like everything he's doing isn't because 
you're worse than his partner. It's not about it has nothing to do with her. That's the thing. It's about his emotional. He's he's being very selfish with fixing his emotions, using other people, fixing his problems and his loneliness. And and so now when he's with this, you know, now he's got this new girlfriend or now they're engaged and they're on social media. Did you have any issue where friends were supportive of your ex or in this way? That's something I mean, she goes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty uh, hardcore when it comes to like what I will tolerate and what I won't, you know, like, mm. and so basically if you have any contact with her going forward, we don't. Like, that, like, yeah. like, and I don't care who those people were, Do you know, because sure. if you because there's there was no there was no way to look at the situation and not I was a victim. I mean, I got pity. I got pity. Let's call let's call them pity hookups left and right, you know, sure. uh, afterwards. Like, you know, it's like there was nobody that could hear the story and not be on my side. Now, she, yeah, she could have spun some some stuff with the people at her bar. Mm-hmm. But like those weren't, you know, like those weren't my friends. Those are those are yeah, yeah. they they so, weren't there for you anyways. So as far as any friends we came into the in the relationship with, we exited with, I would say uh, uh, you know, on that way, but there was no I thought there was it was a hard line. Like you like yeah. if anything people could be more, you know, people could be frustrated with her, but I kept it under wraps. I never announced it. I didn't mm-hmm. I like I don't want to I I basically stopped using social media to talk about my relationships in general at that point, realizing that I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, like, I think what you said in the beginning too of like living well is like the best revenge. Like I think like for yeah, her, I mean, she says aside from avoiding social media. Yeah. I would un I would unsubscribe from the husband or from the ex from her. Uh, what can I do to get past this? I actually think the solution to this is, because the the problem is she has to have a relationship with them because of the child. But exactly, exactly. But her so her only motivation when when it comes to her her family plight mm. should be what is best for the daughter. Yes, this scenario, and then everything else outside of that, your the, that part of the relationship with your daughter should be about bettering your life away from them. Yeah, so, and, and I so like, but I think it starts with the daughter where you say has to go to the, the daughter. The child she's I don't know, is it a daughter or a child or uh yeah, because she has the same name as our daughter. So the you I think like the the Good number listener. one thing to do is to talk to the stepmom. Like I think Ooh. saying to her, like like kind of just getting on the same page with her that like, hey, this is uncomfortable. <sighs> This sucks. I and like getting and and humanizing. And I, I know this is harder, easier advice to give than it is to take. Yeah. See, I see. I, are you? Um. I don't know. I, what's your? What's your? Like my parents. My parents got divorced, remarried, and then divorced again. Mm. Um. So when I was four and seven. Um. So do they have relationships with each other? Are uh, they my on father, good terms? My, my, my father passed away. Um, I'm sorry. So so we they they kept it. He gave my mom full custody and, and kept that kind of drama out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically became a recluse after, after, it. after it happened. Um, so, like, yeah, that's a, that's a sad mental health story. But, like, either way, I got abandoned in this situation. So when you go, she has to talk to the, the stepmom. I go, I go, why is this dad 
always getting away with not having to do nothing. Sure. I well, like, I think like, it, like, it's like I'm just it's, to me. It's like it's too like yes, you're right. You're probably going to make more progress opening a line of communication with the stepmom, so that you don't have to talk to him as much about these things. But like, but fuck him. He should be he should be well, dealing with conflict. Well, the, even if it's like, hey, we need a team meeting. You know, like we got it like like and I know this is hard, I, but I'm coming at it from like I have like my parents are still together. Like I've never dealt with divorce. I I, like, I am definitely from like way across the spectrum as far as like having dealt with these things before. But I'm I'm coming at it from like, OK, our solution is that there's no passive aggressive that you know you have a daughter who has to talk with these people she has to be parented by them and so if you become on if you just have like a if you and i'm and this is like the higher road where you come to them and you go hey listen our stuff like obviously i'm hurt but Mm -hmm. we need to we need to create a plan where our daughter is fucking the happiest person alive and that's what I, I that was what i tried to lead with that it's all got to go through the daughter and you cannot be allowing your daughter into whatever spite is going on with that with that other side of really like because that will fracture everything because it's like you're like and and that's what if you're talking about future pain from this situation yeah um trying to find your daughter's perspective and, and behave that way when dealing with this triangle is how you're going to move forward. And, th- and then you need to distance yourself from any sort of interaction with them outside of that. But that's how you distance yourself. Yes. When you create a system where you're like, hey, uh, all the other stuff aside, okay, what weekends are we doing? Where yep. are they going to go? And then you find out that like this other woman, she's done a bad thing too, but maybe she's really good to your daughter. Maybe she's really, you you know, like you don't know, you know, so now you work out a system where like, okay, now we know where, what day she's going to you, what day she's coming to me. Now I'm free from the passive aggressive thing that goes through my daughter. I'm free from hearing about things. Now I don't have to like hear it secondhand through a toddler, you know, where you're like getting half a story and it makes you feel bad. I think the more structured, the family situation is structure, via the daughter. Keyword. The structure, if that's set in place, then what you're saying, you're free to go, now I'm dating. I know the nights yeah. I can go on dates. Yeah. I know the nights I can go to the gym. I know the nights I can I can get myself healthy and feeling and, and, good. Like That, that helps than, everything. More than anything, she's freeing herself up to be happy because like she's, yeah. got, she's got out of this terrible relationship. Like This is a gift. Like, yeah. her, her daughter's a gift. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting out of this shitty relationship is a gift. So now she still gets to love her daughter. And then she gets to go have an opportunity to go make herself better. And that's, and that's, and that's what she's got to embrace because, and that's what I mean about with, with not using the daughter for any drama and all that you want a part of the revenge is you want when the daughter's with the other two people to be like, Oh no, mom's always speaks positively of you guys. And it's never, yes. like, you don't want, because that's how parents lose when they start, when they start t- ticking it, picking at the other one, and then that's how you'll just embitter your child because they won't know how to perceive it, and then you and then you won't be happy. You'll continue to grow with your bitterness. And and, and, and all of that stems from structure. Like I noticed, one hundred percent with myself. I noticed it when I started working with um, a trainer over the phone, 
and then Ooh. we started doing, and okay. we did like ten thirty a.m. every day. That's just a locked in time date every day, ten thirty a.m. The minute we locked that in, I was going to bed a little bit earlier because I'm like, okay, Dude, the ten thirty. Yeah. I I'm 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 like, oh no, I don't want to. You, know, you know, Monday I might shit my brains out before working out, but then I'm like, oh, I can't eat like that anymore because I got the ten thirty. I don't want to be shitting. You know, like everything uh, kind of stretches 100%. from that ten thirty time. What? So I th- think for her, she like. There's no like I think if you set the structure up with your daughter, it'll grow to the rest of the everything. Well, yeah, and ultimately, like it's 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 only egomaniacs think they have control over a situation. But when you when you start to add structure into your life, you are giving yourself some control. Yeah, because if you can follow that, like I recently, because Corona, man, I just been packing on the pounds. Like mm. I had a bad, you know, like my I, I was unemployed through through been unemployed through all this film industry shut down because I make commercials for a living. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, so I was just gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. I switched to intermittent fasting three weeks ago. I've dropped 10 pounds, 2% body fat. I'm, I am not hungry outside of my window. As soon as, after I got through three days, I'm eating less. I feel more in control. And I just went on a, I just went on an 11,000 mile road trip eating mm. only fast food for the last 10 days and I lost two yeah. and a half pounds. It's structure. Like it's, it's structure. The, it's all yeah. about the structure. That, and I, and I'm just reinforcing what you're saying. They're like, I couldn't agree more. The J train podcast is brought to you by Gabby insurance. We're all looking for ways to save money, especially now. When's the last time you looked at how much you're spending every month on car insurance or homeowners insurance? Now's the time to check out Gabby and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. This is amazing. I, I have to say right now, you you want marketplaces. That's what you want. You want a marketplace. Gabby is giving you the marketplace and it's online. So Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apple to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in about two minutes, you'll see, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. I love easy ways to save money. I'm putting money in your pocket. I logged on and realized I could save a ton on insurance with Gabby. It took only a minute and I saved a ton. Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. Oh, wow. If they can't find you savings, they did it for me. They'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. That's assuring. Just knowing there's money out there, people. And how do we put it back in your pocket? You're already spending it. Let Gabby find you ways to get savings. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. It's totally free to check your rate, and there's no obligation. Take two minutes right now to see how much you can save on your car and homeowner's insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash JTrain. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash JTrain. Gabby.com slash JTrain. JTrain podcast at gmail.com. JTrain podcast at gmail.com. Here with Dylan Shelton at Dylan H. Shelton on Instagram and Twitter at Killer Raccoons 2. Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. It's all over my Instagram. I want you guys to go check it out. Go watch the movie. Have a fucking laugh. Uh, boyfriend insisting on asking dad's permission to propose. Okay. Morning, Jared. Longtime listener, first time writing in Feather Feather. Anyways, my boyfriend and I have been together for two and a half years. We bought a house together almost a year ago, and lately the prospect of marriage proposal has been casually brought up here and there. Awesome. So here's my issue. 
My parents live three states away. I see them maybe once a year. I haven't seen my dad in a year and a half as medical medical issues prevented him from traveling here the last month. And my boyfriend drunkenly admitted he planned on asking him for permission to propose. My boyfriend is old fashioned, but quite frankly, I find the tradition outdated and hate to say it like an excuse to hold off our engagement. Is it feasible to talk him out of the mindset or am I going to to be sat willing or am I going to be sat waiting potentially another year until we see my dad? I doubt he'd go for a phone Skype call to do it either. I'm just unsure how to approach it without feeling like I'm rushing him. Please help. Thank you so much for maintaining sanity to my uh, many through quarantine. What do you think, Dylan? There is so much to unpack here. So like, yeah. they, they, like this, e- this email, the, the, the addiction of this email just has red flags all throughout. And I'm so okay. I'm going. So like, so like there's first thing it's like, the boyfriend asking should only because she wants him to, or the family wants him to okay. like, if, like if the girl, if the girl doesn't think it's important, then, then I immediately go, you know, like to me, it's like, what do you mean? You're going to wait a year to have a conversation because you can't do it over the phone. Like that, sure. just, that if I, if I propose that in a real, if I was saying that in the guy's shoes, I would be stalling. Like, yeah. yeah I, so, the, so, so I'm, I, I'm with you. The stalling thing, you know, it's interesting because, like, the stalling thing, like, they've been together two and a half years. Well, that's they bought well, a they bought a house together uh, uh, almost a year ago, and now he's getting drunk. Anytime I've gotten drunk and like poked around to say these things, like, I always, I, I've, I've been in that position where you're like, you get a little drunk confidence, you get a little looser with your words, you start like you know, giving up the secrets that you feel good, that you know will feel good. It's almost like I have a gift for you and I can't wait to give it to you. Like this kind of like rings of that to me where it's like, I yeah, like, like it, it feels like he's excited. He's getting more and more excited to propose to me. That's well, how I, I, and I love your, and again, this is why you're so good at this because like in the, in the previous question, you 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 take the you take the high road from multiple perspectives. Like I'm I'm, I'm, def- to- I'm definitely like damaged and moved to <laughs> like I villainize I villainize people way more than you do, and that's and that's something that that's one of the reasons why you're like because I I look at this and I'm like the guy's drunk. You shouldn't listen to anything he says when he's drunk anyway. Sure. You're like like right there, I'm throwing it out. Oh, he doesn't tell mm. you about that when you're sober. Then like I'm sorry. It's like that's like saying you can only have sex when you're drunk. Like yeah first sex drunk makes sense sure like down the road like like i'm just using it as a parallel but like this guy you have a house together you're living together and you're talking about when you're proposing you're already proposed yeah I'm, like well i, like, well, like, I, like, I think like, at that point he's trying to make a little bit special he's trying to do the right so, thing so you know and, you know how you make a girl feel special you make her wait a year yeah i don't think so yeah i i would say so i i agree i think it could be both I think it could be wide-eyed, wide-eyed enthusiasm, and it could also be I'm, I'm fucking afraid, and I'm gonna stay where I am because where I am is comfortable, and let me put it off another year because I know her day. Like but, the, the but that's the solution. That's the solution. She needs to ask him just straight well, up. Like you, you, you like, I think there's a better solution in in the and, idea. So I would say, she says first of all, I do. I disagree that. If she doesn't care, then it doesn't matter. If if my girl, I live with my girlfriend, I would feel I wouldn't feel comfortable proposing to her without going and talking to the parents. 
Well, like, I, see, I, I, I wouldn't. I I'm saying from my point of view, like, I, and, and never mind what she thinks. Yeah, this is a perspective thing because I, I have a problem. I have daddy issues, and every girl I've been in a serious relationship with hasn't had an active relationship with her father. Mm. So uh, I processed that about a year ago. But um, like, really, like that, like, what's up with that? Um, yeah. But like, but, oh, but, this all makes but, sense. Yeah. But, but literally, it's never, I've never been active in a relationship with a girl that actively was in contact with her father. Um, you know, like, and so, so I guess that that, that makes more, I, I see that where you could, you could have that in there. But if, but if it's about waiting a year and the girl wants to get married and this is a stress on her relationship, I, so, I think you have to backpedal through this this feeling you have of being old fashioned. So this is where I would think she's ahead of herself because he didn't say, I got to wait a year till the next time I see your dad. She's doing that math. She's saying, is it fees? Uh, I doubt he'd go for a spy. Uh, I'm just unsure. She writes my boy. Uh, I find my boyfriend drunk. The minute. I, is it feasible for me to talk him out of this mindset or am I, going to be sat waiting potentially another year until I, we see my dad. She's saying not seeing my dad means not getting engaged. I don't think things are as black and white as that. I think but that's what she's, she, but that's what the email saying, right? She, like the like, email saying that she's has a boyfriend who would like to be doing these things and drunkenly admitted, but uh, drunkenly admitted that he he planned on asking for permission first, well, and then she's oh, saying, "Well, we haven't seen my parents, and he definitely won't do Skype." I think she's getting ahead of herself. Yeah, I think what she can what she can do is go to him and be like, "Hey, uh, I don't know if you remember, we were talking the other night. You were a little drunk. You talked about uh, proposing, which I mean." I love. I love. I love that. I love. I love. I love excited. hearing it. I'm excited, but you mentioned getting permission from my dad. I want to let you know that is not as important to me. If you want to call him, well, you can do that. And- I would say, like, listen. I don't want to like blow the. I don't want to. I want to let you know that is not an important step for me for us getting engaged. And then you just put it in me terms and then you let him go with that. Now, if he, now if from there, if two months go by and he never brings it up again and now you have a right to go until he's drunk drunk again, then you, now you have a right to go, Hey, are, is that, was that kind of an excuse? I feel kind of thrown for a loop. Don't you think like, I think it's a step-by-step process. But I mean, in this situation, I would be like, you know, it's we got we got Corona going on. Corona is, is a you know as terrible as it is. It is the best year for excuses. Oh yeah, you can do you can do anything you want because of Corona. You know, mm-hmm. like it can yeah. However, you, like so, if you want to break tradition, you want to elope right now, and you were thinking sure. about eloping, you get a pass. Like, all, like you, anything that's like that. So in this situation, like she needs to have a non she needs to have a sober conversation with them about yeah. this subject and see where that goes. Because I'm not yeah. exactly sure what she wants from us from this beyond the fact that it's like you need to communicate better with him about this subject and not be fantasizing off, off a drunken conversation. Because if, yeah. if, I, if I went off of every fantasy from a drunken conversation, well, then I, I, I wouldn't be here to that. You know, like, <laughs> well, like, I, I, I think that also exists in owning what you want and what you expect. Hey. Yeah. Like, I, I think the me terms of this conversation, I think this is step one. The step one is, I'm so excited. Uh, the way, What you said the other night, like, 
I'm ready for that step whenever you're ready for that step. But I just want to let you know, my dad doesn't need to be asked for my permission. Mm-hmm. And and you just say, leave it at that. And then you go, and then she goes, but whatever happens from here, I, I I'm just want to let you know like how tingly I get at the idea of it, even though you were drunk, but I've seen you drunk before. And that's just, yeah. I just want to let well, you know. Well, and then for me, it's like, Again, I go with the guy being drunk. I will, I, I can't give him any credit for this. So like I, yeah. I can't I, so so cuz for me if I wanted to marry you, I mm. would I would go buy a bubble suit. I would get in the car. I'd rent a car if I didn't have one. I would drive to your dad and I would go ask him. Yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? Like and and, and that's the that's the that's the pretense in which I want to get married or I want to get proposed. Sure. To. That kind that of passion. Is- this sort of like, oh, I'm think I'm you know, I've been Milking this, yeah. I've been thinking this mm-hmm. is like that. I'm sorry, that's not marriage. We're talking, it's 100 100. Like, what, what yeah. are you trying to, are you like, are sure. you passionate about being in this relationship or are you not? And so, this sort of like, this is like moving from from Tinder to texting, t- t- you know, like he's, he's like, being a little precious about it. And I, and it's a I little agree. Too casual. Yeah. And it's, it's a little too casual about to f- be something that's forever. Totally. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. We'll do one more email. Please. You ready for one more? Yeah, yeah, please. Past lover jealousy. Yes. I'll get right to it. My ex-boyfriend who I was with for two years just got a new girlfriend. We broke up about a year ago. Ago. It was not mutual. I wanted out of the relationship and he definitely did not. Anyways, his new girlfriend is the girl I was always quote unquote worried about. I just knew he was kind of into her. It's his sister's friend. And she's very beautiful, seems kind, so I totally see why. So now to my question, why the fuck is this bothering me? He reached out a few months ago wanting to try things out again, to which I declined, and reached out multiple times last year too. I had so many opportunities to get back with him, and I never wanted to. So now, so why now that I see he has a girlfriend do I feel jealous? I know I don't actually want to be with him. It's just envy in my ego. Is this normal? How do I get past this feeling? I'm constantly checking their IGs, even though I don't follow either of them. I think it bothers me so much because I knew he liked this girl while we were dating. Any advice is appreciated. I'm sick of feeling this way. Thanks so much for all the content. What do you think? I got lots of advice. Can you give me the first three sentences again? Because I just there's a pretense. I don't I'll get right to my ex-boyfriend who I was with for two years just got a new girlfriend. We broke up about a year ago. It was not mutual. She, this the emailer wanted out, and he definitely did not. The okay, new girlfriend so, is is the one she was worried about. And now he's in a new relationship with and, this girl that he liked. That she had a feeling he liked while they were together. Okay, and did she say he reached out as well, or she's just observing this now and upset? No, he reached out a couple you know months ago, being like, "We should try it again," and she said no. And but then, he's in. But he's in a relationship now. He is. Okay, so she missed the she missed the reach out. She's feeling okay. she missed the boat, quote okay. unquote, but she okay. doesn't. Yeah. Well, okay, so she probably thinks that the girl he's with is better than her, and that she missed out on a chance with a guy that was good, and maybe she's not going to find that opportunity again. It sounds like you're living in the past in regrets, you know, like and obsessing over over a missed opportunity, and you can do that all you want, but that's a miserable way to go through life. Like, yeah, you're like, like you're better I, than this guy. You know that already. Like you, you, so, you, you have to have more confidence in yourself. Well, I, 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 there, I would say she starts her email by saying, is this normal to look at someone else's relationship and feel sure. envy? Of course, of course, that's totally normal. That's what social is media it, is. 
Yeah, and, and how do I, a girlfriend, do I, why do I feel so jealous? Because they're sharing the idea of what you're looking for. A hundred percent. So you're looking for a relationship that looks good on social media. You're looking for the things that they seemingly have achieved. It, it's totally normal. I can totally understand all of your feelings. They're all worth it. They're all warranted. They all make sense to me. The thing that that got to trip her up a little is that he, she kind of had a feeling that he had a thing for this girl while they were together. And it's like, obviously, you know, I, I don't know the, I, I can see that that is, I mean, that's one of those things where someone goes like, if my girlfriend was like, you think that my girlfriend knows the type of girl I would think is hot. Of course. And and, and of so course. You, if we better. broke up, well, that's the thing. And then if we broke up, she would go, she wouldn't be surprised. I think the, the lack of surprise is probably upsetting. It's almost like this was their fate that you got in the way. You're now the side player in their movie. And you just got to leave that mindset. I think the way to leave that mindset is to, you got to yeah. stop checking their social media. You got to understand, you have to always remind yourself you didn't want this. You don't want to be in her shoes. It wasn't a her versus you thing. This is you ended the relationship because it wasn't the match. You made that decision for good reasons. Yeah, there's there's a line from the movie High Fidelity when when uh, John Cusack says, I've been thinking about the fantasy, but at some point I had to realize that the fantasy isn't real. And so like you were in a relationship with this guy. Mm. You you got out of it. He tried again. You turned it down. Why? Because you knew it didn't go the distance. You read yeah. that scenario, and now you're seeing the fantasy, which is what social media is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So you're seeing the fantasy play out. You're seeing the sexy underwear. You're not seeing the granny panties. Yeah, you know, like you're. So you. So you've got to. You've got to realize that you're looking at what could have been if you guys worked. And yeah. what you need to realize is that there's somebody out there that you work with better, or or maybe like that. And you need to be you need to be trying to make yourself happy, so that that person will be attracted to you. Totally, like that, and, like that. And, yeah, and understand that this is normal. This is oh, no, totally. Well, well, that was yeah. Of course, she's asking the question: Is this normal? And why is it happening now? It's happening now because you're seeing the fantasy that you want play out, and it was in grasp, but it was a lie. Okay? Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. And then, and then, is this normal? Yes, this is what everyone is doing right now, especially yeah. during Corona. I mean, yes. how many, how many people, how many emails have you got? Have people have been hit up by their ex, reached out to their ex, snooping on their ex? Because at this point, that's someone that you can reach out to. That's yeah. like like their relationship. And the imagine, and you have time where the imagination can wander. And you have experience and previous memories that you can draw from to stimulate your own fantasy. Totally. So, it's like, so like new people, it's like creepy right now. Yeah. You know, it's like much, much harder to read. But like literally, if I like hated a person from high school, I'm more likely to re to, to reach out to them than a stranger. Yeah. Just Absolutely. Because, just because I know their foundation. And the fact that you had something with this person means that you can grow that into anything right now. Yeah. Oh, and, then, and, and, just in, and just in general, as a warning, I've been putting this out there because I just went out. I went to a bunch of bars over the last week, I was traveling across the country. I took my director out to Wyoming for a job. We were very, mm -hmm. we were distanced. It was all, it's all very easy to drive around this country right now. You can go to yeah. gas stations. You don't, you don't come and contact people. But I went to bars and places where they were open. They had like plexiglass dividers in between stools. Weird. Sure. 
but it is I'm, what I'm calling it. It is Nala season right now. Do you do you know what like Nala from The Lion King? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, that yeah. look that she gives Simba when she's DTF. Yeah. Like like okay. <laughs> like I I made a meme of it. It's on my Twitter if you can see that because I just it was blowing my mind. I have ne- I felt like a wounded gazelle on the Serengeti out mm. at bars just because I was like happy. There was like there would be a pack of women just like aggressively hitting on dudes <laughs> everywhere, and I've never seen I've never seen women so out there and aggressive right now. Um, yeah. And the men just looked defeated across the board. They weren't <laughs> they weren't game. And so I was like, this is there's never been a better time to be a single guy out at bars. Sure, because, because girls are aggressive, and so that's why I'm calling it Nala season. But like it is. Um, I, you know, I had girls like they were, girls were like pushing themselves up against the plexiglass, twerking into the plexiglass, buying me shots. And I'm like, Unbelievable. And, I'm, and I am literally just sitting there talking to the bartender, no interaction <laughs> whatsoever. So They're it's time like, to get out. It's time to get out yeah. there. It's time like, to yeah. meet your match. I'm not single. I was, I was not, I was not, I was not playing the field. I was just out visiting friends bars that I knew that were open. Cause I passed through my hometown. I stopped in a couple bars, and it was like, what is going on? Dylan, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Everyone go check out Dylan Shelton, at Dylan H. Shelton on Twitter. The movie, Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. Go check it out. Go support. Get involved. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday and Thursdays with your emails, your stories, your questions. We'll be back next episode. Boom! Boom!